0: This podcast is offered by San Francisco Zen Center on the web at sfzc.org. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. Thank you, Nancy and Paul, for uh, allowing me to give this talk in um, somewhere in the middle of of uh, Paul's intensive. Um, on the Satipatthana Sutta. Yeah. Um, uh, My overwhelming and endless gratitude goes out to my teacher, Paul, for um, pretty much everything. And so I'm embarrassed to say that um up until about 25 minutes ago, I had a I had a plan for a talk. Um and it was and I thought it was kind of a good plan. And I had a bunch of notes and everything was going great. And then I maybe it was more like 45 minutes ago. I sat down to dinner and we had um uh delicious caprese salad and a little bread and i went back and i looked at my notes and i was like no this is not the right talk <laughs> and, and now i can't give that talk so i'm i uh, uh in the in the moment where i thought this is not the right talk another thought occurred to me about what the right talk would be and so we'll just see how that goes um so I, I've um, read the uh, Ana Laya's book um, on the Satipatthana a number of times, and I've used it as a as a teaching tool, and it um, also, I guess, on a number of occasions. And it's never ceased to kind of amaze me, mainly with its its like. Complete thoroughness and comprehensive address of just about everything you need to practice, right? And, and in fact, it's arguable if you if you just read the, you know, the kind of top line of the um, of the sutta that um, what the Buddha is saying is like, okay, all this stuff we've been talking about, you know. Nirvana and all that. Um, this is how you do it, <laughs> he he says, um, among other things. Uh, if you do this for seven years, you're guaranteed to be um, uh, uh, enlightened to the point where, when um, when you die, you'll 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 be utterly free from uh, from the round of rebirth. Um, and maybe even if um, if you don't totally get it, and there's a little bit of residue uh, of you know, suffering and and attachment to you know one of the fetters or some something like that. It'll be so minor that you'll you'll solve it after one more incarnation. Right? So that's that's you know pretty pretty high praise, and and then he says actually you know even if you do it for a week, <laughs> the, uh, if you really do it for a week, the results will be the same. Um, amazing, right? So that's that's pretty strong. That's a strong statement. Um, and and so, you know, he says it's the direct path, and Anilayo has a number of um, <laughs> a number of kind of etymological analogies and and just um, maybe analyses of what the word is that's used in the citra for direct and it's it's kind of like this he says um let's say you're walking on a forest path and you really can't see much but somebody's dug a big hole in the in the path right and th- it, the path goes straight into a pit well then there's a pretty good chance you're going to fall into the pit that's kind of like that's the meaning of direct path that he's talking about um when he addresses uh, the satipatthana, right? So that's um, that's a big deal, and and furthermore, even more interesting. This isn't so much spelled out in the um, in the sutta, but if you look at the at the commentaries around it, and I actually haven't done this. i mean I'm taking the um, the author's word for it but um, it's pretty clear that the supporting literature says oh and you know if you just practice one of these things wholly um, the results are still pretty good right? so um, it, it, yeah um, so that's that's strong stuff um, and and so the so, what could it be? This practice that it's it's literally like waking up is like falling down a hole, right? Um, if you if you read through it and kind of sum it up for yourself, it's like this, right? You. Abide in contemplation of your experience viewed in terms of, and this is a key part of the whole kind of conceptual framework on which the Buddhism of the time and, you know, Buddhism, you know, ever since is fundamentally based, right? So, the way he spells it out is really pretty great right He says, okay, so the the four foundations are um, you know the body, sensation, the mind, and and the uh, Dhammas by which he specifically means the teachings um, that 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 add uh, that add, depth, meaning, you know, analytical accuracy and, mm-hmm. um, and and so on, on top of the basic experience of uh, body sensation and mind. Um, so that includes the, the Four Noble Truths, but it also includes the Seven Factors of Awakening. It includes the Three Poisons and so on right um it's the whole the whole uh you know Buddhist banana as it were um so so and the and the the, the idea is to is to it's a it's all of these are explicitly meditative techniques right they're um, and and in the in the contemplation, um, suggested by the technique, the idea is to is to you know either do them all or pick one, right? and 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 go through all as many of the aspects as are obviously available in the conceptual framework of the experience of body, of the experience of sensation, of the experience of mental states, of the experience of the, the, the you know. The the um, suffering, the uh, rising of suffering, the cessation of suffering, and so on. Right. Um, to 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 do this in this this comprehensive way, um, and and in particular, to do it with in a in a in a in a kind of exacting frame of mind, and the frame the the activities and kind of. Earmarks of that frame of mind uh, are something like this, and this is this stuff shows up in the kind of in the refrain in the repeated bits throughout, right? So um, it's like, um, well, obviously mindfulness, right? Because that's that's the that's what it's the foundations of, or in some ways it's the other way around. Foundation is the the is the foundation of this whole path of study, right? Um, But then. Then something about inquiry and recognition. So the the text always says things like, "When when a worldly unpleasant sensation arises, he knows I have a worldly unpleasant sensation. Right. so there's this in, this inquiry into the into the the particulars right and and a, a recognition in terms of the of, of the Dhamma the wisdom the the teachings right of what's happening right now right? Um, so inquiry and recognition and then um, Something about allowing and letting go, right? So, um, the it's it, it it says things like um, he contemplates the arising and the passing away of sensation, so, right. um, and and the implication is that. Um, and the, the last, you know, two sort of earmarks are are sort of they they constantly say the translation in um, that Analeo uses um, says something like independence and not clinging, right? Um, so so the idea is that when the when the sensation arises and you recognize it. Um, You you feel a kind of independence from, or it's not it's not it's not exactly detachment. It's kind of um, it the the sensation is fully manifest, right? Not attenuated, but at the same time, um, there's this there's neither positive or negative attachment to the to the sensation, there's no, it, it, it's independence. It's almost like there's no ownership of or, uh, or yeah, of the of the sensation, right? Um, so to, to to contemplate the whole of, of present experience and the and the obviously the arising and passing away over time of experience. In terms of that framework, bringing that that particular mind to bear on the on on that activity, on that arising and passing away of experience, on on those um, factors of the experience, those features of the experience, um, that's the Satipatthana, right? And it also includes a um, a clue, but doesn't really explain, which is kind of interesting, um, uh, this kind of emphasis on skillful means. So um, not only, uh, you know, does the the meditator inquire after, recognize, allow, um, uh, you know, um, affirm, not cling, and let go, right, of the of the pa- of passing experience, but also there's a there's a hint of agency in it. So when it when when he starts talking about, um, for example, negative mental states, right? The the text says the practitioner knows, um, you know, recognizes the arising, no, knows about the possibility of the arising of negative negative mental states, recognizes the arising of mental states, and. Knows both how to, um, both how to, you know, deprecate or remove um, negative mental states, and also um, uh, prevent or, or at least um, inhibit the arising of mental states in the future. So, so there, so there's this, there's this open. Unloaded, non-clinging, uh, curious, and um, and cognizant experience, and there's this sense of of subtle effort and agency in the kind of direction of that experience. Right? To, to to kind of sum it all up. And then, if you, you know, so and so here, you know, I think probably a a lot of you have read the Satipatthana Sutta, but it's not, um, not something that we chant every day at San Francisco Zen Center. and it's not it's not a part of the of the kind of de- default Mahayana um, either Chinese Zen or Japanese Zen literature that we that we um, we use more or less every day, right? But it has powerful resonances with it um, with that literature, and I want to I want to just mention two um, uh, because that's. Fundamentally, all I have time for. Um, the first one is the Heart Sutra, right? um, which, you know, as we all know, is you know the most popular um, Mahayana sutra, and really kind of also one of the shortest <laughs> in in the whole um, in the whole liturgy, right? So lucky for us, right? But if you if you if you look, if you read the Heart Sutra, if you read the Heart Sutra and the the Satipatthana Sutta, um, together, you realize that what's actually happening is this. That you could you could sum it up like this: um, uh, Avalokiteshvara was practicing um, wisdom beyond wisdom, and he had this he had this clear insight, which he then explains to. Um, to Shariputra, um, the Arhat, basically, and and so and what he says is, hey, you know all that stuff in the the, the Satipatthana Sutta. It's all empty, okay. <laughs> right. I, the, the the thing that's amazing about the Heart Sutra is that it it goes through the the whole again the whole framework of um, of of Buddhism. The, the the noble truths and uh, and doesn't i don't think it mentions everything but it mentions a lot of it the, the body sensation mind um and so on and also in more detail the in terms of sensation the the this you know the cells sense realms and and uh and all you know all, all the rest of that sort stuff. So it really, it really breaks it down in a very, in a way that's very similar to the satipatthana, and it, um, and it says all that stuff is empty. And it even goes further and says, from the point of view of emptiness, it none of that stuff even exists. Right. Um. The supposed breaks or breakages between theravada and buddhism and mahayana buddhism that happened in this particular case um, i guess probably with the writings of nagarjuna right but so there's there's one resonance right you have this you have this ancient satipatthana Sutta and you have the substantially later nobody really knows when the heart sutra is written but Substantially later, um, uh, Mahayana document that that intends to kind of sum up this this what was considered a new approach to practice, right, and to um, awakening, right, and but they they have this they have this powerful resonance in which, in the sense that they address fundamentally the same material, right, and. It's it's easy to think of um, of the heart sutra as kind of a refutation of the of the satipatthana, but I, I don't actually see it that way at all. Um, my my sense is that the all it's doing is it's adding on a different way to think about the freedom that arises. From practicing with the, the material that they both raise up, right, uh, with the um, with the moment-to-moment experience of being a human being, seen through the lens of the conceptual framework of Buddhism, right. Um, the in the, the the funny thing is that the satipatthana never really says how it is that that um, just bringing this particular mind to the experience the ongoing experience of the moment and 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 analyzing that experience in terms of say the the various aspects of the body, right, um, is go- will somehow settle everything, right? But it gives a little bit of a hint of it, right? It says if you, it 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 says, you know, be curious, be cognizant, be, you know. Allow and affirm, and don't cling. Right? That it, it's it, that's the sort of prescription, right? And then and, and the that prescription is medicine for the um, the suffering that arises from from well ignoring. <laughs> right um, uh, um, not recognizing um, uh, resisting and not allowing th- denying and clinging right? <laughs> um, and and so it so, it, so the um, so, so the, if you, so the, the main, the basic idea is, is you, um, you experience life in a way that doesn't promote suffering, and amazingly enough, um, the suffering shifts around, or doesn't occur, or um, um, the 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 Satipatthana itself makes it quite clear that it's not the case that, you know, negative mental states, um, unpleasant sensations and all that sort of things, that sort of thing don't occur when you, when you do this. It says, it says when they occur, you bring a mind to them that, that promotes equanimity, um uh, you know, peace of mind uh, and probably um, flexible, skillful decision making as opposed to suffering despite and um, ruination, right? Um, I, I think that the thing that, but the Mahayana and the Heart Sutra is adding to that. And, and in some ways, it's just a it's just a little tweak, right? It's like it's the recognition that these things are these things are constructs and actually there is no strict definition of quote negative mental state or unpleasant sensation um and that and that one aspect of that is that it's all it's all deeply personal right it it has to do with the the intimate details of one's own conditioning how these things arise everyone's version of the human condition is completely personal right it's um there there the the kind of basic axiom of Buddhism is that Yes, there are universals in the human experience that are accessible through practice, but but nonetheless, um, like Dogen says, there are as many minds as there are people. Right? Um, so even so, even just given that, for the you know that kind of um, uh, definition of of emptiness, you say here here's a category. And, and so the, the, the response that Nagarjuna makes in, in, um, in the documents in which he describes the emptiness document is he's basically saying, okay, point to the object that, that completely uh, uh, you know, um, belongs in that category. Huh, can't do it, can you? Well, <laughs> and he goes on like that for page after page after page. But um, in, in any case, even looking at it that way, it's helpful, right? But but in addition, it's the I think it's the the perceived, assumed reality of and solidity and and self consistency the the illusions of reality solidity self consistency and so on of 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 our Metal constructs that make them so dangerous and slippery, right? And uh, the the um, the Heart Sutra is saying, just stay close to the proposition that that it's not like that, right? Um, do all this other stuff. Um, also, be um, you know curious cognizant, et cetera, et cetera. but but do it in the recognition of the fact that um, none of it is the way we think of it, right the 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 constructs that we that we make up um, f- will always fail to capture, Reality and even will always fail to capture perceived reality, which is to say, a reality that's already conditioned by uh, the world of form and our sensations and etc. All of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. and then the other. Document that we chant pretty regularly, um, um, Dogen's Genjo Kōan, which, interestingly enough, is is like one of Dogen's "here how here's how you do it" um, documents. Right? It's like he wrote a lot of stuff, but you know, early on in his career, he he wrote a a few documents: the Fukanza Zengi, the Bendawa, the Genjo Kōan, that were Explicitly manifestos in the sense that um, they were saying everybody should be doing this, and here's how you do it, <laughs> right? And and here and also in the case of the Bendawa, here's why it's good and why what everybody else has been doing is bad, right? Um, but never mind that. Um, so the th- he says a number of things, but the most the most famous and most kind of resonant thing that he says uh, is is his famous statement that to study the way is to study the self and to study the self is to forget the self and a few other things after that, right? Um, If you look at the Satipatthana and in the light of the Satipatthana, you look at the Heart Sutra, right? What is that content that you're abiding in contemplation of right what is the content that um, that you're deeply practicing with in the case of Avalokiteshvara, but the 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 experiential components that we usually identify as the self myself that we 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 claim to own that we claim to um be entitled to, right? Um, it's the self, right? It's it. This it's the self in direct contradiction to the basic doctrine of Buddhism that there is no self, right? It's the thing. It's that, and you know, and the way the way out of that that particular um, bind is the is is the idea put forward in the Heart Sutra where, um, where um, Avalokiteshvara makes it clear that she's talking about this, this self from the point of view of emptiness, from the point of view of the absolute. Right? From the point of view of the conditioned and the provisional you could argue that you have a self, and you and that you're studying it right now, right? Um, but the material that you you bring to that study is exactly this: the the body, the um, sensation, the contents of your sensorium, the the mind, the the various states that that play out, and the 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 thoughts and and stored patterns that arise and 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 you know float across the screen of your subjective experience right um and furthermore um the 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 recognizable you know processes um Syndromes, whatever you want to call them, that that people over the years have have identified and said, "Wow, a lot of people have have a problem with this." <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, um, you know, jealousy and hate, like the like ignorance, like greed, like etc. These things, right? The poisons, the um, and so on, the fetters, right? Um, so, so Dogen says, again, sit in contemplation of that, um, that, that, that interplay, that um, uh, process, those or those processes, right, um, and 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 study them. In as intimate and um, profound detail as you can possibly manage, really become intimate with, with, with the operation of, of the self and the way it gives rise to suffering, the way it, it, um, it, you know, it deaffirms and clings and, and so on and so forth, right? Um, and, and he says that that process in itself, um, and by study, let's be clear, we're not talking about taking notes or memorizing things or something like that. It's, it's more about, again, inquiry, recognition, um, allowing affirmation and letting go, right? That's the, that's the process. Um, that's the study, right? And, and his, Dogen's claim is that as, as is the claim of the Satipatthana and fundamentally the hard sutra is that that process in and of itself um, well, the 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 Zen Center liturgy seems to me it um, translates it as forget, right? But you could also say just allows the laying aside of the self, right? Um, so I guess I guess I I, I need to sum up because I'm I'm running over time now with my talk that I just cooked up, you know, forty minutes ago or something like that, but. I would say the the resonances there are so powerful that there must be something going on, and that that all three from their from their perspective are valuable, um, helpful, and worth um, pursuing in as much detail as we could possibly manage. So, anyway, that's about all I had to say, and Mojo has gone to sleep. So. Um, thank you a lot. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the San Francisco Zen Center. Our Dharma talks are offered free of charge, and this is made possible by the donations we receive. Your financial support helps us to continue to offer the Dharma. For more information, please visit sfcc.org and click giving. May we all fully enjoy the Dharma.